All right, welcome back to Come and Knock on Our Door. I'm Josh. I'm Dara. Okay, so Dara, what are we discussing this week? Well, this is a pretty, I think, significant topic. We're discussing friendship. Yeah, and the, and the process of a friendship and the life span of a friendship, like meeting someone, developing that relationship, and then either it just continues or it, I think too, it ends. And what goes into what goes into nurturing a friendship? A friendship, um, which is different than you know a intimate partner or significant other dating. Um, the friendship, I think, is a building block for any relationship. When I think of my friends, I've had ones from, you know, everyone's like, oh, the season, reason, a lifetime. You have a lot of lifetime friends, which is actually unique. My mom does as well. And That's a funny. nice thing. It is because it, those people know you at your core. I've also noticed that with the lifelong friendships, you also identify traits. 30 years later that you tolerated much differently when you were younger and the things that become more apparent through life experience and crises and issues, how people choose to, I think with grace and transparency, move through their, their issues it makes it easier to give and receive in a friendship when there is transparency and honesty. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. Um, what do you think, just thinking back, attracts you to someone and says, I want to be their friend? Like, like those beginning stages. Well, it's so funny. I'm going to start with you because it just popped my head. Humor. Humor gets me Same. every time. If you make me laugh, I'm like... I'm like literally just like putty in your hand. I'm like, tell me another joke, make me laugh. For me, it's Be like funny. A, <laughs> for me, it's like an energetic thing. It's something I I just say like I can't explain it. I just really vibe with you, and I just and I just I'm draw. I I it's almost like I feel a pull. I'm drawn to you, and I and I don't know why. I'm sure there's some energetic energetic deeper meaning, but there's just a pull like. 100%. I'm really intrigued by you. I want to know more. Yes. It's sort of like a book you see on the shelf and you like the cover and you want to keep reading the story, right? That is that is so funny. Um, you use that analogy because don't judge a book by its cover. But you do. I have been, people have judged me so much um, by my cover because I come across as happy and smiley and ditzy. But and there's so much more. <laughs> and what's interesting is that I've had a lot of people be like, whoa, you know, you're, when I saw your book on the shelf, I thought it was going to be like, you know, some I thought sweet it was Cinderella, high. but it's actually Fatal Attraction. I mean, 100%. I know. That's John you're actually Stewart. the bitch with the knife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. That's why I so enjoyed living in New York City. Yeah. I find I've heard um, a lot of people not to do the New York, LA compare and contrast. I have heard people. LA, it's like, oh, we both drink matcha. We're friends. And say it's hard to find your people. It's very fake. It's very fake. In Los Angeles. Here, I have had 
a really amazing time, not only meeting um, real solid people, it's been the diversity. Exactly. I have, I think I have friends from like every continent. That's all. I mean, that, you know, not just quote unquote New Yorkers. Every continent, different stories, different jobs. It's really, yes, it's just diverse and everyone has not, I mean, I would say everyone has some sort of interesting thing to, to bring to the table. Yes. So when I'm connecting with somebody, especially now, and I know we were going to get, get into how um, friendship shifted, shifted during um, 2020 and this past year of just redefining and reevaluating and readjusting all of this. Um, I saw friendships of mine grow exponentially and, and I saw quickly, some quickly, quickly. And then some totally fizzled. Just fizzled quickly too. That's so interesting. Cause I think this is a time when you really had to show your true colors quicker. Cause sometimes even the course of two years over a friendship, you're still hiding things with COVID because the opinions were so strong. If it's vaccines, masks, politics, politics, if, you really strongly disagreed and the other party couldn't take the difference, it ended. Like me, I'm different. Like if I feel A and you feel B, I'm like, okay, that's act that makes for a more interesting conversa- conversation. Or we just don't talk about it. Because what's the point of arguing? But there are a lot of people who have you felt A and they feel B. A lot of the times B was like, well, I can't be friends with A, so I'm done. And it's interesting. I'm just not like that. Because it tests people's, it tests what they're made of. Made of and also their level of um, openness. That's what I was talking about with transparency. Yeah. That means so much to me that if somebody can truly show up and be themselves, show, not disclose like, oh my God, there's this time I was 12 and, you know, I, I, it's and not everyone called me freckle face. Like, yeah. We're not talking about that. We're talking like real, exactly. your real opinions, how you really feel about things. I, yes. But a friend, to me, a friend can see those opinions and say, I don't agree with you, but it, but it doesn't change what I like about you or that I think you're a good person. We just don't see certain things the same. Right. Like I'm close with my grandmother and we have very, I mean, I consider my grandmother a friend in many ways. And we have very different political opinions, completely different actually. But what we always come back to is that we have the same morals. You know, we're, we both are big on family and love and friendship and being good people, but we just see things politically, not everything, but a lot of things very different, but yet we're still very close at one of the closest people in my life. So we just either we have conversations about it but for the most part because we would argue sometimes we said this is just what life's not about we're never going to see eye to eye let's just not talk about it so you would say possibly that you and your grandmother have the same values value same belief systems yep that have allowed you to stay yes it is both for different officials that we don't know it's really so silly yeah so i think um you know that's the part of friendship. That's another another thing, transparency, respect. Res- mm-hmm. And that's 
being able to listen. Being able to listen. Listen past your own opinion. And know why that person's coming from where they're coming from. It's just instead of going too quick to judgment. That's interesting. So if you're in that tense moment, I have actually said to somebody, um, I have felt like tension with like, um, something shifted in the energy and I want to understand. Mm -hmm. I want to, I really just want to understand what is it I'm not seeing. Yes. And I think sometimes the communication might be a skill people haven't um, developed enough in themselves to want to get curious around where the other person's coming from. Like that communication, they're so attached to the feeling behind. They hear the story. And no, because to me, it's interesting. It's like, let open up that book that you picked and know how that person got there because I bet you behind it is a really interesting story. So even, if you, even not to change your mind, but just hear a really good story and learn from other people. So it's funny, yeah, it's like reading, it's like reading the jacket or the inside cover. Yeah, it's sort of reading and, the bio, yeah. how that story formed. Right. And we're not doing en enough of that. And I have a saying with a good friend of mine, who you know, and we always say we don't cancel people. Yeah. Even like like we've had our ups and our downs, but if we get into not even not, we never got into a fight, but if we have a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. we work through it, and we have this conversation all the time because we have been quote unquote canceled by certain people because of one to us minor thing we did, mm -hmm. and we'll get into what we what ends a friendship at the end. Mm -hmm. But we always say we don't believe in cancel culture in the media and we don't believe in it in friendship. We don't just ghost people. We try to work through it. And even if we can't, we don't completely demolish the friendship. It might just shift, but friendship's like a wave. It can be, you know, it's at the sand, it comes back, it's at the sand, but you don't have to totally get rid of that wave and be like, well, they said this and I'm done. You know, people are human. People have good moments and people have bad moments. And, and I thought something to acknowledge. And in this day and age, it just has kind of become, you can only have good moments. It's interesting because if people can collectively decide to cut someone off, like as the, you know, collective, um, being anything that happens that's in the media or society or whatever, um, I, I would challenge, like if I was in conversation with somebody who's feeling like absolute intolerance around something yeah. um, that I wasn't understanding and I proceeded to want to get to know mm -hmm. what was going on. I noticed that sometimes people are so closed, like they don't, they're not ready to tell you why they believe this. They just do. And a story you need to get out, get out, either get off it or get over it or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's another, you know, that goes back to transparency. It's also um, vulnerability. Sometimes I don't think people have the ability to get vulnerable around why they feel ways about certain topics. I, I agree. Do you think that's more common in men or do you think, do you see it in both sexes? I, my personal experience, I really see it in both. I really do. I don't think it's gender. I think it's um, personality type. Like, yeah, um, I agree. I love, I love reading a good meme. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, that opinion is the lowest form of being. Or like opinions are assholes. No, opinions are like assholes. We all have them. <laughs> yeah. And 
truly understanding that when you're hearing and opinion, most assholes have opinions <laughs> exactly exactly no oh my god most people if they're sharing from the opinion platform they're on the, the diving board that's like right next to the water I mean, they just, it's just dive into the shallow end. You only yeah, get a crackhead. I mean, there you go. It's just, there's no, there's no depth. Like I'm at a place in my friendships where my circle is so tight that when we're sharing and opening up and getting to the core of what's difficult with our situations right now in life, um, it's not like the, um, Oh my God, I went on Pinterest and I decorated this like, like, you know, whatever, or yeah, it's just, I, I have, my friendships are very real because I don't have time for the BS. And I know what that looks like too, because I've tolerated that a lot in my life as well. Getting to a point where you can purposefully invest in the people whose values mirror yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very satisfying relationship. Empathy is another one. Yeah, when someone's when you're talking to someone, you know they're relating, and if they aren't, they're still offering some level of support or acknowledgement or follow through with the issue. Um, that's a it's a huge it's a huge feeling to know that um, outside of your family. You know, obviously you can't choose. Everyone knows the expressions. It's just nice to be able to have the ability to pick and choose your People friends. that you really like or find yes. interesting. Yeah. And what, sometimes you're lucky it's family. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not. So what interests you about, like, picking a friend or, like, what, what's important to you? That's a good question because throughout my life, major I would say majority of my friends have been of the opposite sex. I actually never connect with other men mm. on, on any level. It's always women. Mm -hmm. So usually they are female, but it's not intentional. Just I seem to gravitate toward women. And, and, and it's not, and I also know when someone's going to be, if it's going to be a woman who's of dating interest or if it's going to be a, of a friend, mm -hmm. it's actually sort of, fun and interesting, not in a weird way where sometimes it's both mm -hmm. and you're in, but it's sort of fun on both ends. I think what those times is when you're sort of, it's the, the lines are so blur only, only in conversation where the lines are mm -hmm. blurred. I mm -hmm. want to make that clear. Nothing physical. The mm -hmm. lines are blurred and conversations just want to make that clear. And there is this a little bit of an excitement mm -hmm. where it's like, you're sort of flirting, but you're flirting with a possible dating relationship and you're also flirting with friendship so there's kind of like everything is ambiguous and those are kind of the early stages that are really fun it is and, and those are the those are the ones i guess and yes because it's the opposite sex i'm sure there's attraction what is making them exciting but when it's someone who you're not sure where it's going to fall yep those are really i find them in the early stages exciting and then after you either choose in the lane that's because we're talking friendship to remain friends it's still fun because there's still that spark, but it's just platonic. So it's not comp It gets rid of all that complication. Totally. Absolutely. I think that your um, 
I think that your ability to, I think your ability to, um, yeah, how do I put this? Um, identify who you connect with more easily gives you space to breathe into the new, the new connection because I've always connected with women more always. Like, I mean, just my gosh, it's, it's like my whole life. It's like women and gay men. I never had a male boss. And I, when I did, it was a gay man. Like it just, I, that sounded like it, it, it was so comfortable for me to connect with certain types of people that after 20 plus years, I started to go, that's who I feel most comfortable with. Yeah. Those are my people. And you, and you can't, you can't, you can't dissect it. You can't change it. You can't. Like I can't, I can't sit here and go like, yeah, I had a male boss and not go. And he was gay <laughs> because I'm like our personalities. That's what, that's what like connected us on just like, it's just, how we interacted and joked and everything. It was just, um, yeah. Cause what I'll tell you when I'm with men, there always feels as like there's, it's like, I'm, it's like I'm at a closed door that I just can't open or I'm just knocking or they're knocking. And for some reason it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, work. it just doesn't work. And I don't, and I'm sure I could think and really dissect it, but I would say as of now, I don't know what the answer is, except that I can't, they can't get in. I can't get in. And it's kind of just, so it's better just to be cordial. There, I've had male acquaintances, but it never goes any deeper than that. I mean, it could change, but as of now, it's female. Yeah. And it's so funny because. I always I say when I get married, I'll have my wife and my best girls. And that's just what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And I, I just think that being aware of who you connect with keeps you from having to try really hard with people because you know you can give someone a chance however if it's not there you don't have to invest yeah just it's not gender it's energy i know I it just is i mean i like um i've realized now in life i like high vibing high energy people so high vibing people high vibing people I really, and it's so funny because it doesn't have to be like the person who's the life of the party. It's the person who has a very high vibing pulse. <laughs> like there's okay. energy in there. There's like, what do you mean by high vibing? Um, somebody who looks you in the eye and is talking to you and you know that they are present and here and engaged and ready to be in conversation with you. Okay. And when you, th okay, so let's go to when, so you've met people, you've connected, now someone you've had a very deep connection with, mm. and then for one reason or another, it gets kind of severed. Mm -hmm. What do you think it means, handling it? How do you, how do you go about that? I think when I reflect on, and I've had, I've had um, several friendships fizzle and or absolutely end. I'm going to tell you substance abuse 
is a big same. Um, I've had French fries on there a lot. Yeah, that's a that's that's a non-negotiable for me because I know that like I am sober and I know that I'm not getting the best of that person. And you're someone that's never struggled with substance abuse too, so you don't you never have like so in a way you've bonded but you've never bonded with them on that. So when they choose that it can't go much deeper. And I have to say, everything that I've experienced in my life, and I have experienced lows, lows, low, low, lows, I've always been sober, experiencing Same. them. Yeah, and so me too. that feeling of I've had to own what it is that I've done and made mistakes around. You and can't I, blame it on the drink or the Coke. No, at all. Um, at all. And so I, I have to say that, unfortunately, I think behavioral patterns and disease predisposition to alcoholism or drug abuse or whatever. When you get past the college years or the twenties of it just being like, quote unquote, what you do those years, that time yeah. in my life, quote unquote, when you're into adulthood and there are children involved and now there's just, for me, it's not quite as acceptable. Fair enough. I mean, that's you know, it just, there's, there's a, there's a way in which someone can occur that really, if the behavior changes, is changed so greatly that you're not even enjoying their company, that's where I just, I that's where you it's not negotiable. And yeah. that's where I actually sometimes get halted and I struggle where even though I know, I, I, I know a friendship has to end or it's ended, I always, and I say, I said this to my sister the other day, not everyone, but there are certain people in my heart I will always care about, mm. which means in a weird way, for the most part, I'll always miss them. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm always thinking about them, but it's sort of like when it's with people I've connected very deeply. I always say this. My sister said, yeah, really? I said, yeah, I will always miss them and care about them on some, not everyone, on a, but, but there are certain people that I'm thinking of on a certain level, which sometimes makes it hard because then you still care about someone you're always open to reopening up that pandora's box which is and i'm only 24 so it doesn't mean they're never coming back but oh the, i know but for the most part they're not not right now or not right now it could be i mean yeah. life is long life hopefully is. and you, you never know who will come back but you know it's hard it's when you connect with someone deeply it's a hard thing when that friendship has to end in these cases, they had to end. I, I didn't really have a choice. That's right. Which makes it even harder. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you start to, I think at your age and in your 20s, you start to figure out what your non-negotiables are because it's a time to have a lot of, um, I was going to say failed relationships. The ups and downs are so extreme because in a very short amount of time, from let's say like high school through college, people can change to the point that you don't even recognize them. It's like you don't even, you're not even in the same. That's true. You don't recognize who the person is anymore. Right. Or you start really seeing them for who they really are. Exactly. Like your your awareness is changing. Because you get drunk with someone, you'll see actually that takes off their proverbial mask real fast. Their morals really come out. I mean, I remember I was out with a friend once 
and they got really drunk and they needed money and they were taking a waitress's tips money from off people's checks. Mm. And I was I was like, wow, you would not do that sober, but even drunk, but clearly morally, you have no problem doing that. Meaning when you're sober, you probably do it in other ways. It's interesting. So I was it? like, whoa, that's really, that, like, that was low to see. I was like, wow, that's that's low. You're taking a waitress, hard-earned waitress's tips. I mean, how low can you go? And that just made me think of Greece, which we referenced. <laughs> how low can you go? Oh, my God, I need so much help. <laughs> when you witness behavior like that and you're sober, I have to tell you, those are the moments in life, Josh, I just go like, I can't go out with that person anymore. I know. It's, it really is a deal breaker, as opposed to sabotaging your good times and your Saturday nights just to like have forced family fun with yeah. a group of people that you're not really connecting with. It's important at your age to not compromise or cross your boundaries. Or do you confront like them and say, hey, I saw that behavior you know, or do you not? Because I, I didn't. No, I. You know, it's that's again. You're on. Um, you're walking into uh, dangerous territory I because agree. if there isn't the respect, and you didn't drink, you look self righteous, judgmental. Well, that's the issue when you're with people that are like, and I'm talking like 16 drinks in, and you've even only had two. Right. It's like, oh well, you don't want to party. Right. And it's not that. It's like, no, I just, even if I had five drinks and you had 16, that's such a difference still. Interesting you're bringing this up because it made me think of working in a corporate. I worked for um, a French company. And Le if, French. boy, if they didn't have one reason or another to whip out champagne all the time. And it's like in the middle of the day. It's like not only would I, unfortunately. It's like, can I just have a baguette? Exactly. I'm like, can I have some of those chocolate covered strawberries? Um, it, it became an issue where people started to notice that I wasn't. And I felt like, yeah. And I felt like going, I mean, the alcohol for my MS doesn't do anything but inflame me. So not being a drinker and then having something that physically is going to make me feel on fire. Would you explain like, oh, I have MS? Or would no, you just be like, oh, I don't want to. So it's like, I don't have to disclose why I'm not choosing go ahead and think I'm an AA. That would actually be easier than you think. You're like, oh, life. girl, I used to party. But. Right? I know. Yeah, I've been sober for this long. Like, I'm sure it would like ignite like a whole... I, I, there are a lot of people that have um, battled substance abuse and are sober and you know work the program and all of that. That's almost more respected in a weird way than having an autoimmune. Isn't that crazy? No, it is. And kind of sick. God, we, when we you, could dive into this. Like, like why is being a former alcoholic more like okay man like you high five than having ms and being like i don't want to inflame my like inflame my body like why is like you're taking control of your yeah, health i have ms and clearly like when people would be like oh my god how, i mean how are you how do you feel i'm like how do i look that's sorry <laughs> be like see i look hot so i must be hot i know be like inflamed and sexy i'm like you don't get these lashes if you're not managing um <laughs> i it's really interesting because the the aspect that substance is substances and drug use and all that can play into um relationships and friendships i'm going to bring it back around yeah ended a very significant friendship in my life last year and mm -hmm. it was because one of my sons 
noticed that my friend um, was drunk and wanted no part of it and asked me, why are you friends with this person? Why are you In the eyes of babes. It is, and it was it was so severe, and it was so swift and severe, the acknowledgement of it and the, mom, this is not working for me, that I had to, it was almost like, what message am I sending to my child if I'm around someone, not adults that drink, around somebody whose behavior, and that's the distinction, changes so significantly, mm-hmm. someone who's been in my life for so long, and then to confront it, and have it met with what I think of as an unmanaged. Um, I don't. I'm not at the. I don't have the authority to label somebody. But you're perceiving someone as an alcoholic. Yes, I am perceiving, and it's not working for me and my child. I mean, I yeah. that establishing a boundary in a lifelong friendship around that. I was forced to, after 30 plus years go, that's my non-negotiable. It's when I'm not connecting with the, the soul, the essence of my friend. I, Josh, I can't do it. That makes you it. a good mother. I can't do it. I know. I know. Because, yeah. No, 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 no. It's so sad. It is. I mean, I had a similar experience three years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I was at a bar in Soho and I met my friend mm. and, a, and someone I'd never met. They were doing Molly and drinking mm. with the owner of this restaurant at the bar. So completely, al- I was sort of like, I was a little, unco- sorry, my dad's just FaceTiming. I was a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened is, um, Basically, what happened was she said to me, these two guys were coming. Mm-hmm. I knew why she invited them because they had more drugs. Mm. And I didn't want people I didn't know in my apartment. Totally. And that put me in a position. And, and I didn't even say that's not hanging out. What I said was, would you mind if we went somewhere else with them? I will go out with you. We just can't go back to my apartment. Done. Yeah. And that. That was a deal breaker. Was a deal breaker for her. So I ended up just leaving. And I knew when I left that bar that we would never talk again. I was walking and like, we're never going to talk again. And we never spoke again. And that was hard. This was also like a, a long, not 30 years, but a long friendship that I had to end because they crossed a boundary. Well, it's all relative because, again, you're, you blueprinted for yourself. Where's your threshold? To be able to walk away and, Josh, the problem growing up and what makes, I think, what made me love connecting with you was, you know, when you're raised in the city and you have that awareness, it's like your ability to establish, like, let's say, like, quote, unquote, a party boundary is much easier when you see the extreme happening. Like when I grew up, it's not like people are like partying with the bar owner in Soho and all the, you know, there are all these elements that yeah. factor into a party scene. That's a big space in New York City in your 20s, going into bars and doing this scene. It's a big space to get tested. Mm-hmm. So you put into practice in a huge, you know, test of what you got, what, what are your boundaries? And it's so firm. It's, it's 
unwavering now because the experience was so like, you're seeing this at a bar, you see two people show up, they want to go back to your apartment. Like they're I don't know. I have only met these people twice. And in the context of New York City, two people you don't know coming into your apartment. I'm sorry. That is like, there's no like, like did you go to my school? Did you like to, you know? I mean, and I don't only, I mean, I've only met these people maybe two or three times. I really didn't know them. Totally. And I really didn't want them in my house, especially with tons of, which I knew they had drugs on them. I was like, that was sort of, I don't care what you do at the bar. I don't care what you do at your house. I just don't want it in line. Bring it in here. And totally. why that was a not, why, and basically me walking away, I'm not really sure why that was such a trigger for this person. Can you think of maybe what? I mean, I think they didn't do what they wanted. And you I kind of rejected their lifestyle as well. Totally. It was sort of like, oh, you think you are too good for this so go after yourself so you were a mirror that they didn't want to look in which is the josh tepper story so yeah that that was my experience what oh that you could say my last name that's okay um so funny (laughs) that's okay Um, you have this ability and i've seen it i've seen it now since i've known you you really um people you will bring out what people don't like in themselves and they have no problem taking it out on you. Yeah. There is an absolute intolerance for whatever truth you are choosing to show up in because you are always yourself. That is true. Um, you have a real sense of, I mean, it's just a matter of who's going to get, who's going to get the truth coming right at them between the eyes. It depends on what and how much you want to poke that bear. It's interesting though because you just choosing to walk away, you didn't go off. You no, didn't, I, I didn't. You didn't go all Joshy boy on them. You, no, no, not in this case. I cared about the person. I didn't. Right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hurt them. And look what your action left somebody with having to deal with yeah. the fact that their choices aren't the best, and they know it. I mean, yeah, they do. Stupid. It's just no one wants to be around that person who's going to make them have to question their own behavior. Yeah, I. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not. So leaving is a. So when I was at this company and I couldn't leave and I'm just doing me, it's really interesting because you see in different environments, as much as you have choice, like you still feel the pressure to conform. I just didn't because. My, again, my, you know, my MS is my non-negotiable. Yeah. So you got to establish those, um, yeah, that threshold and friendships, you know, and how do you sustain a friendship? Let's end on something positive. So how do you keep people in your life? Cause it seems that so many people leave. How I do you keep them? I think again, it's the connection you have vibrationally with that soul, mm-hmm. that heart center, that space that just feels um safe i think if you can exhale around someone and and understand when you're not in your head that this person just makes me like go right for the everything good i have and brings out you know that's what i that's what i look for i'm not edited not edited and and then uh, for me it's just someone who's open to listening and also someone who gives Second, third, fourth chances too. Someone who's open to knowing that we're all human. Yeah. That's a big one for me. On my end too. 
and that's giving called compassion. Give me people chances yes. and also giving me chances. Yes. Don't just write me off so quick. No. And that to learn and to grow means not repeating the behavior that possibly got you at this crossroads. Exactly. And that's respect. Becoming better from that. Yes. All right. Hey, I'm glad we're friends. Me too. <laughs> I, I think we're. I think we're. I think we're lifers. I do too. We're, we're gonna be like Laverne and Shirley in the basement. Except you're gonna live longer. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hope, Hope. The, It'll be like the mom in Psycho. I'll have like your skeleton. I'll be like Dara. Let's go for a oh walk. Oh my god! As long as I have like, put like me in a pretty dress. You'll have a better wig. Okay. I'll use like a Farrah Fawcett wig. That's all I'm. I'll be like a Norman Bates. I'm like this is my best friend Dara. <laughs> God. And then I'll dress up as you. Just please don't have it in this building. Be like, hi, my name's Derek Klein. And they're like, Derek Klein's been dead for 50 years. <laughs> oh my gosh, so wrong. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>